Now it's time for Real Herbalism Radio. Real herbs, real life, real easy. Welcome to Real Herbalism Radio, show 95, our Herb Lab episode about mint. Brought to you by the Practical Herbalist and the Practical Herbalist Press. Practical herbal information brought to you in an easy-to-use and digest way. And brought to you by Occupy Medical. Integrated Health Clinic, showing as an example that healthcare really is a human right. And Candace Hunter Creations. Candace Hunter Creations, your family herbalist. And Hunter Creation, where, yes, they can do that, graphic design and website design. If you need anything done that needs to have print on it or a web, give them a call or check out their website, huntercreation.com. And our newest sponsor for next week or for for this episode is... Learning Herbs. We are partnering with them. They've got a current program that's starting. Um, It's Herb Fairies, which I'm sure you guys have all heard about because we can see that there's tons of people starting to download the book through our link on the website. Mm -hmm. And that website, of course, is the Practical Herbalist website. You go to any of the Herb Fairy banner ads. For the little fairies. Yes, they're Mm -hmm. very cute. You can get your own free copy of Stellaria's Big Find. Be fun. Want to join all the others who are doing that? And the shopping cart actually will uh, end uh, this yeah. week. Actually, that is coming to an end quickly. Herb Fairies, if, for those of you who aren't aware, Herb Fairies is an absolutely adorable collection of 13 books about herbs and the fairies who are finding them and working with them. It teaches kids in an easily easy-to-remember way how to work with herbs, and how to care for themselves. Oh, that's great, because kids really do retain those stories. When you tell them in, a, in a, uh, that kind of format, then they remember the herbs because of the story associated with it. That's a really good learning tool. It is. It is. And it's a lot of fun. Yeah. You know, for us grown-ups, it's kind of fun, too. That's right. It definitely it's, is. Don't it's, tell anyone. Yeah. <laughs> what you said over our podcast. <laughs> so we'll be out and about with herbalism. Sue, where are you going to be? Well, I will be at the upcoming Wildflower Festival at Mount Pisgah, and that is the 21st of May. And I have a walk at noon, and then our buddy Anna Bradley, who did a podcast with us before, she will be doing a walk at 2. Great. Mount Pisgah, Eugene. Do you have anything that you'll be doing? No, I just got done doing the Herbal Aid Iced Tea Talk. That was that's right. that was a blast. I enjoyed doing that. And I'm probably going to be working with the Kids Rock folks again, but that's not actually herbal. So. No, uh, <laughs> but you guys are going to be somewhere big this October. That's right. Yes, this we October, are. we're going to be at the American Herbalist Guild Symposium, which is in Silverton, Oregon. And uh, May, or sorry, May, uh, October 6th, 7th, and 8th is that weekend. So I, I'm not sure that registration is quite open when this podcast will be airing, but please keep an eye on that one so you can hear us give our, our talk about taking herbs out of the broom closet. Well, now on with the show. Now here are your hosts, Candace Hunter and Sue Sierra Lupe. I'm Candace Hunter. And I'm Sue Sierra Lupe. And, and welcome, welcome to Real Herbalism Radio. Radio. Yeah. Er, it's mint time. It's mint time. Yeah. It's definitely mint time. Yep. Yeah. It, I'm about it, ready for the margarita mint. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Mojito mint. Mojito. I went out and checked the patch that 
you so horribly accused my magical hands of destroying. And yeah, it's growing rampantly. I don't even know what you're talking okay, about. Okay, rampant, <laughs> rampant is an overstatement because as I was cooking this week, I watched one of your chickens magically, magically destroy my mid-patch <laughs> looking for the treasures beneath their roots. They do. And, you know, I got to say, this weekend I learned something about my little sh- poop bags. Little, my baby, little, my, you notice how, how, how I took the swear word out of that see, on yes, my you did. own. Very good job. Thank you. We don't have to bleep it. Thank you. Uh, Again. So <laughs> I have two babies, two little baby red star chickens. And they are adorable folks. They really are. They okay, are. Okay, this is the chick chat portion here. Right. <laughs> so I told everyone before that chickens don't like most mints. And I right. definitely had said, I put on the list, lemon balm is amongst the herbs that they do not like because all of my other chickens in the over decade of chicken raisin have totally avoided lemon balm. Yeah, but these two came into your life during the month of lemon balm. So they said, like every other chicken, so they said, I'm going to make a liar out of you. Mm Mm-hmm. So they, you know, because the world centers around me, you know, not their Well, you were studying lemon balm and they just thought, that sounds fun. Right. You're right. They're that smart. Mm -hmm. Thank you for giving them more credit than they they deserve. They were feeling anxious about being integrated into the greater herd or the greater flock Uh and thought that they would do a little bit of self-medicating with lemon balm. Okay. I just said, y'all are being jerks because they started eating the lemon balm. Oh like I put them God. in their little, if people yeah. look on our, our Facebook page, you'll see pictures of them standing on their little house. Yes. It's their day house. They have a yeah. day house and then we still, I still bring them in at night because I'm not confident that their little day house is, is predator proof. Ah, uh, yeah. Yeah. So I, don't I don't blame you. Yeah. I don't want something. And your, your area has some pretty intense predator predators. We do. Yeah. yeah. And I've picked up bits before and I don't want to do that again. Although yeah. that will eventually be my destiny. So uh, I bring them in and I, I move the little house around like it's a uh, chicken tractor. Mm-hmm. And I put it over a place where there's some new lemon balm coming up and little nibbles all over. Nibble, 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 nibble. Nice. They really like them. I thought, oh, that's a funny oh. coincidence. And I took them out again to walk around in the yard. They went right to the lemon balm. Oh, again. no. <laughs> So fine, you'll be coming fine. over to my house and harvesting lemon right. balm, right? <laughs> I mean, lemon balm is everywhere because we're in a, right. in a riparian area. But yeah. I, it's, so come isn't on, it, seriously? Isn't it funny? You make the rule, chickens don't like mint. They don't like mint. And then, and then you, get the amount, you get the ones that we say, do. We Except do. for apparently red star chickens. They love they mint. They love mint, yeah. It's or at least mine. Well, at least yours do. Because as soon as you do. say, this well, red stars do... Then none of them. No do. other red stars. <laughs> yeah. So next week they'll stop eating it. That's, that's probably probably that would be the deal. So yeah, I guess uh, as usual, our answer is it depends. It always depends. It always depends. We're just looking at, at ratios. Mm-hmm. We're not not you know not the world is not black and white. No matter what Star Wars says, it's not the dark side and light side of the force. It's kind of a transition. Right. So there's a that's huge what I learned. gray area. Yeah, and it makes me nervous because I bought. As it's mint week, I bought some uh, motherwort, but it's a different type of motherwort than I usually get. This is a Siberian motherwort. So I was getting the officinalis, and this yeah. one is the, oh gosh, what's uh, Sibiricus. And it, it's much spikier leaves. It's still got that kind of mm-hmm. clumping thing that, that uh, Leonorises do. But this one is normally used in like smoking mixtures, which no, it's not my thing. I'm not, I don't like sp- like anything in my lungs, but beautiful, pure air. But it, it's a, 
just a slightly different version. Many of the properties are the same. It does have some sedative effects. Um, it also, they're talking about in the study that I was looking at some psychoactive effects, which means I have to do a lot more Ooh. studying and people are suggesting combining it with cannabis. Mint? Ooh. This, this okay. Siberian um, motherboard. Yeah, that was yeah. specifically interesting. Very interesting. And, and they said it mixes well with either the indica or the sativa. To what effect, I wonder? Well, um, they are talking about uh, psychoactive principles. The so main psychotropic. So you're going to get a nice high and then mm-hmm. you're going to be able to see funny things? I, mean, like, I don't know. That's that's you know, definitely not what I'm looking for. No. I already see funny things, you know? Yeah, I know. Life is full of interesting bits. Yeah. <laughs> Just as it is. Or, or do you think it's, it's I'm a you know, conspiracy theory here, uh, it's a Russian way to do offer mind control to the Siberian. Or, <laughs> it's probably it, you yeah. Know, and they yeah. trying to come up with a cash crop that where, you know, there's nobody and no people in that whole area. <laughs> yeah, that might be it. I don't know. But I'm very interested in it. I, again, all of these things are uh, pe- people talking about smoking it, which is not my deal. But I am very interested to see how that works in a tincture. And I will be letting y'all know right now it's just, oh, I don't know, four or five inches tall. So when it gets a little bigger, I'll let you know. Yeah. Looking forward to seeing that. Yeah. And it's it's uh, it looks very much in its small stage like standard motherwort. I just thought mm-hmm. it was when I first saw it, it was regular old motherwort. But I guess the leaves get narrower as it gets older. I'll be interested. Yeah, stand out. Sounds like really... that would be an interesting tincture to try. Exactly. That's exactly <laughs> what I'm going to do. Yeah. Yeah. Ooh. I can. I think I want to try that. Okay. We'll bring, I will make it. I'll bring it in, and we'll have a tasting. <laughs> there you go. And we'll do it on the air. And we'll do it on the air. Oh, I don't know um, if I can handle you two on the air. <laughs> it, you know what? Might just have the calming effect like regular motherwort has. Because yeah. we use or. Or, or not. Yeah, it'll have a wild effect. I don't know, because we use the motherwort, the regular motherwort at the clinic all the time for people that have anxiety or heart palpitations. Yeah, heart centered. Fabulous. Heart centered anxiety is really well yeah. taken care of with motherwort. Yeah, it's, it's, it's wonderful. And I know it has many other properties, but that's what we use it for commonly because right. that's what we come across commonly. Yeah. And so, but I picked that two plants up. So we shall Woo-hoo. see. Yeah. Watch it take over your yard. Right. Yeah, like everything else. I mean How's the skull cap doing? It's it's doing well. It's still trying to get its feet down. Okay. It, yeah, because I put mine took when I bought it in last year, it took quite a few weeks and I really last last year I didn't think it was really spreading much. I was actually concerned over the winter that I thought the cold might have killed it off because mm-hmm. I never saw it mean to usually see the runners right across the top of the soil and you'll see them reaching out yeah it didn't do any of that and then this spring as you saw in my garden mm-hmm. the little spot where i've got it it's all over the place right and when so, we pulled it up it had that just the yellow roots yeah rootlets or the runners as you yeah. called it and right close to the soil it was really easy to pull up because your garden soil is really nice yeah so, so it's it, it was quickly. doing its work under the surface yeah so even if it doesn't settle in seem like it's suddenly in great this year maybe by next year it'll be like all over the place and i know a lot of people talk about skullcap and how well it it spreads yeah and i have never had that experience with it <laughs> ever 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 so yeah we'll see we'll see Hopefully. exactly I yeah i put some in the ground and it's still just sitting there looking kind of pale and sad and yeah. you know 
you know, but it'll, it'll settle in. It will. I hope. Hopefully. If not, I can tell you my garden's definitely got a lot in it. So we can always try again. Yeah. Uh, Peppermint is going crazy right now. It's going into my yard. Yeah. Peppermint is something I need to get more from you actually, because we've got tons of the other mints, but every time I put the peppermint in, other individuals, uh-huh. furry individuals in my family trample it. Oh, consider it done. Yeah. Oh my yeah. gosh. So I could, peppermint. I got it. I could definitely, yeah, definitely use more of that. I want to remind uh, new herb gardeners in the audience, please keep in mind that with peppermint, you have to keep it far away from your spearmint because mm-hmm. peppermint is a hybrid and it will turn back. Yeah. To spearmint, if you let it go. Yeah, it'll taste like weird and funky, and then it'll become spearmint again. It'll just become spearmint, yep. Yeah. It will return to once it was. Yeah, so I haven't decided where I'm going to put it in the yard yet, because we've got the backyard has got the mojito mint and the apple mint, Mm -hmm. and then the front, there's spearmint, and the spot that I had the peppermint in was far enough away probably from the spearmint to probably be okay, Mm -hmm. but it was also a dog trampling area. Oh, well, what yeah, about on important. the side of your house by the driveway? That's where the spearmint is oh. right now. Yeah. So, so I haven't uh, I haven't chosen a spot yet, but I'm thinking right now we have apple mint in the back urban garden space. Mm-hmm. And I'm thinking I might just take the apple mint out and replace it with peppermint there. Yeah, apple mint, you can get good luck trying to get rid of it. Yeah, it's all over the place in the back where the chickens are. And they haven't destroyed it yet. Mm-hmm. Although it's not as rampant as it was. So I think they might keep it under control for me. Oh, which yeah. Be good. Sure, sure. Yeah. And I've already, ex- I expect that particular space to be a chicken zone. So mm-hmm. I'm, it's okay. You know, one of the things I like about growing peppermint is it doesn't get gangly looking like yeah. lemon balm does. Lemon balm does. If you don't, you would like want to hack it back a couple times. Yeah, you do. And then the you know. flowers, as great as they are for feeding wildlife, they're not pretty. They aren't. I'm sure my neighbors really don't like looking at my house yeah. through most of the winter. It's just spindly <laughs> and brown yeah. and looks dead. And, you know, it's yeah. not, not the pretty pretties. But, yeah. And I, I don't let mine go into seed just because it's growing everywhere. Oh, the lemon balm you mean? Yeah, and yeah. I have limited space. Well, there's a new plant that's trying to take over that space where the lemon balm used to go rampantly, and it's it's I don't know what it is. It's also a little flowering plant. Hmm. It's Yellow something flowers. Yeah, I can't remember. It, I'll show it to you later. Oh, okay. But whatever well, it is, euphorbia is. Uh, it's by one. the it's by the euphorbia, but yeah, the euphorbia is, is not. It's like it's competing with the euphorbia for the space, and it's t- mm. trying to take over. Huh. And the flowers, it's a low growing, it stays green. It's, uh-huh. you know, it's a pretty little plant. So I'm not so horribly upset by it, but the lemon balm is being forced out now, Wow, which is surprising because lemon balm is pretty. Have you tried sturdy. root control? I haven't yet, <laughs> but I've thought about it. <laughs> it's like plant fight club. Okay. Yep. It kind of is a little bit, Yeah, but that's okay. I mean, <laughs> you know. yeah, yeah. I don't worry. Like prunella, that's also in the. In the herb of uh, the mint family. Yeah. And I go stomping all over that and don't worry about it. And it just ignores me. It comes right back. Yeah. Yeah. It it's sure pretty does. sturdy. You step on it, it springs right back up. Truthfully, anything that's going to survive in my yard has to be fairly sturdy because mm-hmm. we've got a lot of interlopers. Mm-hmm. So. Yep. What well, is a, it, it, that's the classic thing about that we're trying to remind y'all. It's really great to have mints around because they're pretty easy to grow. 
And I've never grown any of them inside, honestly. I have not had great success except the basil. That's oh, one yeah, thing. Basil. And the basil, I grow it in an arrow garden. So it's like this little self-contained hydroponic garden. Mm-hmm. And it grows surprisingly well, and it's surprisingly tasty. And it, it it's produces, the sweet basil you're growing. I do sweet basil and Thai basil, and I've done Tulsi. And the hard part with the Tulsi is that it wants to flower immediately. Really? Yeah. You don't have that much space. It's like, I know. It's tiny. It's super it's short. Like eight inches tall. Yeah. It only You have to keep chopping it down so right? that it, all of it, you have to for all of them because it's it's. The Tulsi I just brought you was it's like the, three times as tall. Yeah, 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 it's, yeah. It's easily three feet tall. Yeah, that I gave you. Yeah, when I plant it in the arrow garden, it grows up and it gets to be about ten inches tall and starts making flower spikes immediately. Mm-hmm. So I just start cutting the tops off all the flowers and making tea or whatever it is I'm going to make with them, mm-hmm. and it tastes good. Oh yeah, it's and delicious. then it just comes back. It just keeps like coming back and going straight to flower. Whereas the rest of the basil doesn't really flower very easily, and it comes back too. And I do the same thing with that, but it's much leafier. So uh-huh. the rest of the the Thai and the the globe basil, or I think it's globe or Italian, whatever the big fat leaf style basil. Right, right, the sweet basil. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, so all of those, they just keep coming back and they kind of bush out more because I keep pruning them. Did your Tulsi so. get as, like the leaves that I brought you, they were... They were about the size of my fingers. On the Tulsi the in the size. air garden are the same They're size. Shorter. Yeah. Weird. Just, yeah. I don't understand why it races to flower so quickly, mm-hmm. but whatever. Huh. It's still it's not a problem. It still tastes good. It. So as long as it's still tasting good, I'm, I do that. The arrow garden is mostly just because it's for food. It's mm-hmm. for fun. It's, you know, it's not about trying to grow the best possible Tulsi for medicine. Right. That would be something I'd put outside yeah. if I wanted that. I uh, have uh, something new with mint that I've been using this last couple of years, which is allergy syrup for adults. Mm-hmm. It's got uh, nettle, plantain, and molasses in yep. it. Yeah. And it's it, it's great. I've been putting in uh, mint, peppermint essential oil, because that's also good for you know, mm-hmm. drying the sinuses. But now I'm wondering, with all the peppermint that I have, what if I just add that to the syrup itself, just like I do with mm-hmm. the nettle and the plantain. That's what I would do. Like cook it up, yeah, make I, it into a syrup with I, the with the peppermint. I'd probably make the syrup, and while the syrup's still hot, add the peppermint for the last the last ten the aromatic yeah. properties will disappear. Yeah, yeah. That's. I mean, I, I don't mind using pe- peppermint essential oil, but you I mean, yeah. yeah. And I think yeah. my problem with using peppermint is it's overpowering. Yeah, it doesn't bother me, but peppermint is my family has affinity for peppermint. It's particularly, I, I like it. it's like, particularly like health health wise. It, we need it. It's mm-hmm. a good digestive for the types of bodies we have. Mm-hmm. So it's it's hard to have too much, in my opinion. But yeah. that doesn't mean that it is. So. <laughs> well, it seems like it just kind of takes things over. Well, it does, but that's what I like about it because I can plant it and then I can forget about it. Right. And it just does what it wants to do. Now, granted, you're right. It, it will take over. And in our front yard, it's decided that it wants to infiltrate the boxes, the garden boxes. That's mm-hmm. the spearmint. Oh, the spearmint. Uh, spearmint. Yeah. Well, it's peppermint. Mint. I always think mint. So Yeah, but, there's so, so many different mints. Yes. I know. <laughs> yes, yes. Every, but that's what I do because I'm, I'm – as much as we're you know into gardening per se, uh, I think I have – into the idea of it more than I am to doing it. Uh-huh. So I always like that mint grows and it grows all the time. So 
I can mm-hmm. go by and just, oh, there it is. Yeah. And then put it in my mouth and enjoy it or put it with a drink or whatever. But I like because it'll cover an area that I don't want to really worry about. Right. It'll overtake mm-hmm. that. Right. And I love it because the bees love it. So yeah. that's, Oh, they do. Right. Yes. So that's yeah. what I like about it. Uh, but like, Sue, you're right. I mean, it, it will take over over two or three seasons. That whole area will be filled with, with mint, mm-hmm. which, mm-hmm. again, I like, but many people might say, oh, right. weed. Right. <laughs> you know? Well, just it's too much for me. I got – I'm out in the garden a lot. Right. right. So I, I know that the – I don't have – as far as I'm concerned, I never have enough room for my garden. Right. Well, right. And, and if you were to compare your city lot, you know, right, where you live, smaller. in your backyard mm-hmm. to ours, you mm-hmm. have nothing. To, they're like the urban, what is it, the tectropolis urban farmer. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm <laughs> trying to use every little square inch. Right. Yeah. And we're like, well, let's cover this area and let's do that because we have yeah. a lot more space. Yeah, it's more like my back 40 is 40 inches. Right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or 40, whatever. But it's, yeah, I, I know that also there's a lot of people that start gardening and they love the idea of gardening. Yeah. yeah. They, they are all involved in the principles. and But when it mm-hmm. actually comes out there, there are difficulties. Like the yeah. allergies is a problem. Time is a problem. Yep. Yeah. Um, the soil that they have might be incredibly hard, making everything that they try to, to start mm-hmm. with difficult or you know, watering the, the money or the, part of it. Is, like the slug and snail fest that you yeah. put everything in and was coming up and now it's all gone overnight. Right. Or, it's so discouraging. Or, so discouraging. Or if you have an invasive. Like mm-hmm. aphids. Like aphids, aphids or, or you've got like blackberry. Like, or, or the morning glory. Morning glory. Morning glory. Yeah. It's discouraging. It's very, it's yeah. Not necessarily a joy for a lot of people. And I think some people, when they have trouble with gardening, they think, oh, well, I'm just not a good gardener. Like, right. Well, right now. Yeah, right. this this very moment you didn't have success, but that doesn't mean that's it's over. Right. No. Yeah, sometimes <laughs> it's hard. I mean, for me, I've had several quite a few years in a row of things mostly not working, you know. Mm-hmm. And that's it's hard to keep moving. Yeah, but that's know? where but mint comes in. Exactly. Then you can feel successful about that. That's why that. we've got so many mints. Keep your courage up. Keep <laughs> yeah. your courage up. Even the chickens shall not destroy the mint patch. <laughs> right. I just won't bring mine over. But just trying a whole bunch of different different plants. Uh, the lavender does really well. The lavendulas, yeah. they do really well, and they're easy to take care of. And mm-hmm. if you don't water them for a month after they've been established, so yeah. they'll just have more essential oils. Yeah. It's fine. Exactly. It's absolutely fine. Then you can say you're doing it for medicine. That's right. That's right. <laughs> That's right. It's just feral herbs. That's all it is. Yeah. Well, yay for the mint family. We're happy to have it in our lives. Right. Now, a word from our sponsor. Hunter Creation is a full-service graphic design studio. They offer design for print like business cards, brochures, and large-format banners. They also offer design for web, specializing in self-hosted WordPress sites, e-commerce, and single-splash pages. To top it all off, they can get just about anything printed for you at amazing prices, whether or not they do the design work. Visit their site at huntercreation.com for more information. And we're back. Sue just stubbed her elbow on the table. Ouch. <laughs> I have an owie I need an herb for. Put an herb on it. Put an herb on it. An herb on it. Um, now it's time for Herbal 101. This is your chance to ask Sue and Candice your favorite 
or pressing herbal question. If we read your question on the air, you will receive a copy of Natural Nutrition from the Practical Herbalist to $4.99 value. So make sure to fill out that form on the um, Real Herbalism Radio uh, page, uh, the Herbal 101 page on under the menu tab for the podcast. Yeah. So, Sue, you have a question that came from Facebook. Yeah, this yes. is an unconventional mm-hmm. herbal question in that it came from Facebook. That's right. Yeah, most of them go through the avenue that Patrick just talked about. But this one we looked at and went, all right, we're, this is our question right now. So this is from Kylie or Kyle. Uh, her name is spelled K-Y-L-E. Oh, that's the problem with having it in the written word. It doesn't come with a pronunciation key. So I apologize, Kyle or Kylie for mispronouncing your name. Um, and the, the question goes like this. Hello, I recently stumbled upon your wonderful podcast and have been working my way through your feed. Thank you for putting out the, wait, thank you for putting these out for the public. You may have already gotten feedback about this, but I wanted to mention it just in case. In your episode on lavender, you mentioned putting lavender in areas you want to keep your cat away from. I was taught in an introductory essential oils course for horses that essential oils can be quite toxic to cats and must be used around cats with great caution. I believe lavender is on the list of oils to be extremely careful with around cats. You may have already covered this in a podcast I have not heard. If that is the case, please disregard. If not, it may be worth taking time to educate your audience about essential oils and pets. Best wishes, Kyle or Kylie. Sorry about that. And uh, we really appreciate the the lovely comments about the podcast. That's yes, thank really you for nice. listening. That's yeah. awesome. Thanks for listening and for getting some feedback. And we love this the conversation. That's a really cool thing. Um, and we, I'm remembering back this. We haven't listened to the podcast a second time, but I'm recalling back us talking about putting lavender in places that we want to keep cats away from. And I remember trying to say. Um, growing it like we did in our driveway to keep cats from peeing all over the place because we had a, a cat poop and pee fest in our gravel driveway mm. until we put the lavender plants in. Um, and I have sprinkled lavender, like dried lavender, in my house plants that I had a cat that just thought, that's another litter box. I love that. And so I remember sprinkling that there and that along with orange peels and that kept them away. But I, I, I personally haven't used lavender essential oil to keep cats away. No. Lavender is one of the ones that most cats don't really like. So it yeah. would be unlikely that you would use lavender essential oil on, yeah. near, or with a cat. Right. Yeah. Although, I mean, I could see like in the zombie apocalypse, if your cat is really seriously injured like dealing with an infection and lavender essential oil is the only option you've got i could see using it it is not toxic like tea tree oil is Mm -hmm. tea tree oil is extremely toxic to cats and should never ever be used on or near cats right there's a couple of ones that are very very difficult but lavender is like i lavender is not one of those i looked on the internet and this was what is so interesting is i can completely understand where our our listener is talking about because when you google it you come up with two lists with the same google question and list number one is never use lavender on cats because it will kill them list or anywhere near them because you know death shall preside and the other one is lavender is fabulous for cats please use it all the time right now (laughs) of course the truth is probably somewhere in the middle and as usual for us 
our answer is it depends because I have heard of some cats that love lavender. Yes. My cats hated lavender and our neighbor cats in which they had over 20 hated lavender. Right. So there is always the freaky cat and your cat may be one of them. But the only, uh, only time I ever used essential oil on my cat, I used our Gamera's flea, flea, flea bane oil, flea bane oil, and that's a diluted oil. Right. So I personally, for little critters, don't like putting essential oil neat on them. Right. Because they're small. Yeah. And it's a know? lot for their bodies to process. Right. Their liver in particular. Um, but there is a list that we found on this great website, biglittlecat.com. And they talk about the, the cats don't have the enzymes to break down and excrete the chemical components in essential oils. And keep in mind, some of those essential oils, the thing that they're put in is not necessarily that good for you. So yeah. there's purity in essential oils. And I, I think we've talked about that before. I remember you and I having a conversation about how the the range in quality in essential oils before. Yeah, there's a range in quality of the essential oils, even when they are pure. And then there's also a range in purity quality. Right. So here's our, let's, it depends. Yeah. Once again, we're not talking about the adult diapers either. So uh, this, this list here mentions wintergreen and birch oils, which contain methyl solicitate, salicylate, sorry, solicitate. I don't know what that is. And that is what's in aspirin and any of those essential oils you should not have avoid it around cats. And, and you know, just sorry, to be fair, birch mm-hmm. essential oil and wintergreen essential oil are ones that humans should be careful with as well and probably shouldn't be used with dogs. Oh, yeah. Because those point. are very those are the ones some of the ones that are can accumulate in your body right. and cause problems. So right. you know, common sense there. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, you know, right there. Yeah, and if you have <laughs> you know, a I mean, liver disease, yeah. You know, anyone with hepatitis needs to be really careful about that too. That's a really yes. good point. Thanks yes. for bringing that out. Also phenol containing oils, and here's a we think of those as hot oils. Some of these oregano, thyme, clove, um, cinnamon, etc. But that also includes tea tree. You need yes. to be just avoid them around cats. Any of the ketones, which would include sage, um, any of the ones with monoterpene, hydrocarbons which includes like orange, I'm reading the list here, cedar, fir, and that's uh, pinene and linoline, which you'll find in the citrus or conifer oils. They're in a lot of different cleaners. A lot of people have mm-hmm. cleaners that have those in there to make them smell better. So uh, obviously you're not going to be cleaning your cat or dog with these cleaners. Right. But I've noticed when I start cleaning things, my cats are just gone. Yeah. They disappear. Yeah. They, they, they have to cat ninja it out. Um, but here's also a, a notice here about if you, if you do have a cat that has toxic buildup, they will act. And I'm reading the list right here. Depressed, clumsy, uncoordinated, partially paralyzed, vomiting, drooling, or in a daze. And for that, you need to take your cat in to get um, a check, a blood test to check if it has elevated liver enzymes. So that would be something to get immediate veterinary care and that's for toxicity. Yeah. And those are the symptoms that are classically seen in anybody who has an accumulation of tea tree in their system. Mm -hmm. And it's humans can develop the same sensitivity to tea tree. Right. By if that's overuse and commonly overuse happens when you're using, you know, the tea tree, 
toothpaste and shampoo and soaps. You're cleaning your house with tea tree. You may be using tea tree in your deodorants or other skin products, lotions and that sort of thing. And you start mm-hmm. to use it. So it's, it's showing up and you're using it in like everything. All right. You're taking it in yeah. much faster than you can excrete it. Yes. And yeah. it is a challenging one even for our systems to right. excrete. But it doesn't mean that a little bit of tea tree isn't good for us. Right. I mean, right. If you've got a cold, yeah, if you've got a cold, (laughs) then pull out the tea tree toothpaste. But if you're not ill, maybe set that one aside and use just regular mint flavored toothpaste, for instance. Uh, I had a person in my life many years ago that this was when the tea tree thing first reared up and people were excited. It was like 20 years ago and she had tea tree everything. Yeah. Like the line in her house when you'd walk in and just smell like tea tree and it was... I had kind of a weird mm-hmm. reaction to it. Yeah. So I didn't I didn't like it at all. But yeah. you know, she loved it. She swore by it and said it really helped her in her life. It wasn't definitely wasn't for me. And again, that's the difference between people's sensitivities and how they react and you know what their body is like. Um what we talk about we should talk about hydrosols a little bit. Um, yeah, hydrosols are also, they're they're more safe overall. Mm-hmm. I mean, for animals in general, but yeah. they still contain the essential oils that are in the plants. That's very true. Yeah, um, the thing that is noticeable here is phenols and ketones do not extract in hydrosols. So you there's there's some safety in that, but um, the uh, you, you do have to keep an eye out. And a lot of people have used hydrosols of uh, lavender and things to try to calm their cats down. Like Mm -hmm. if they have cats that are adult cats and they're in the same house together and they're introducing the cat, people have used that successfully. But again, just keep an eye out. So yeah, those would be situations where I would suggest perhaps look at flower essences rather than looking into even hydrosols because flower Mm. essences are much cats, dogs, birds, and other small animals are much more, um, sensitive to and often react more positively when you're using like an energetic style medicine like a flower essence or um oh homeopathic homeopathics oh, right you. yeah yeah that's a good point so that that would be the direction i would go if i'm seriously thinking my cat needs help with something mm-hmm. you know is I, I always start with the lightest touch possible especially right. with cats and small dogs yeah larger dogs can handle a little bit more their bodies are larger and they're better capable of processing out just due to the sheer volume of their size right exactly and mm-hmm. size does matter when it comes to these animals mm-hmm. there's been some stuff in the news what's reported women that are using progesterone cream and then they're not washing their hands and then playing with their little dogs or cats and the, and the animals are reacting badly to that. So, you know, we, things that we may take for granted are, it makes a big difference in the little, little critters in our life. Birds, uh, you've talked a couple of times about how you don't burn candles in your house. Yes. You cannot burn candles. It's unwise, extremely unwise to burn candles of any sort of wax. It doesn't matter if it's beeswax or any paraffin. It doesn't matter what the wax is. Because the wax is evaporated into the air. Uh And although the particulates of it are so fine that for our respiratory systems and for your dog's respiratory system and for your cats, it's fine. But Mm -hmm. birds have a very, very fine... uh, their lungs, their are lungs. Weird. Yeah. They're very, they're, they're very fine. So they're very, very sensitive to particulates yep. and the wax will get in there and then it will clog their lungs. The air, those air sacs. So it will, 
they'll develop an emphysema essentially. Yeah. Keep and in so, mind the canary in the coal mine. Yeah. You don't want your parrot to be that canary. Yes. And parrots live a very long lifetime. So you won't see the emphysema effect now. You'll see it when your parrot is 68. Mm-hmm. And, you know, a parrot should live often, most of them, you know, 80, 90, 100 years. Right. I mean, they're long lived animals. And you'll, you can significantly shorten their lifespans by just burning candles in the house. So, yeah. Yeah, we don't we don't burn any of that. Our essential oil burners are actually nebulizers that you plug into the wall and mm-hmm. the ones I use don't use water, but the ones that use water are safe to use. Oh, okay. So you can either way, those are fine, it's just no wax. Okay. Any sort. No wax. Yeah, it goes yeah. in the lungs. And for people that maybe not have indoor birds but have their their ducks or their chickens mm-hmm. like myself, there are brooders inside. Yep. Then During that time, that's when yeah. you don't. And I almost like you were the one that saved me from this because I yeah. we had a person pass in our life. Unfortunately, I went to light uh, the candle like normal, and then whoa, wait a minute, yeah. there's the brooder right there. What am I doing? So I had to yeah. move it to another part. So I was really grateful that we had had that discussion. Yeah, because yeah. I have my poor little babies. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, we don't think about, it, but their systems really are different than ours. Yeah. Yep. All right. Well, I hope that answers your question. Uh, listener, listener yes. Kylie or Kyle, whatever your wonderful name is. And um, thank you for letting us know about that. It's a, it, we have other, other information about lavender. Uh, we do have an ebook on it. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's very affordable. And yes. if you have other questions about lavender, we welcome you to take a look at that. Well, that ebook is available on Amazon. So if you're on Amazon, search The Practical Herbalist and you'll see that book along with our other ebooks we as like well. Like Tea Tree. Tea Tree, yeah. Dandelion, Marijuana. There's all a bunch there up there. Mm-hmm. Uh, also, you can join our now over 3,000 friends on Facebook. So Woo-hoo! we have 3,000 fans, if you will. Uh, make sure to uh, share your photos on Instagram, hashtag The Practical Herbalist. Uh, we love seeing that uh, information. If you love the podcast, make sure to or take the time, not make sure, but take the time to write how much you enjoy the podcast. Um, you can do that on iTunes uh, on the reviews. We'd really appreciate that. And uh, other than that, I think that's it for today. The statements made about herbs and products on this podcast have not been evaluated by the United States Food and Drug Administration, FDA. They're not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent disease. All information provided on this podcast or any affiliated websites is for informational purposes only and is not intended as a substitute for advice from your physician or other healthcare professional. You should not use the information on this podcast and its affiliated websites for a diagnosis or treatment of any health problem. Always consult with healthcare professional before starting any new vitamins, supplements, diet, or exercise program before taking any medication or if you have or suspect you might have a health problem. Any testimonials, questions, or case studies are based on individual results and do not constitute a guarantee that you will achieve the same results.